I guess if you're not challenging yourself every day, then you get bored at your job. But with Simpsons, Simpsons is a beast. It's an animal. Yeah. Uh, every day is a different day. It's um, every day is fun. It is a fun place to work. Don't get me wrong. It has its moments. It's stressful. But any kitchen, so any job, stressful, I suppose. Hello everyone and welcome back to Birmingham's Food Podcast, Breaking Bread. I nearly said n number one then, but like we're the only one. <laughs> that makes us number one. We're the best food podcast in the Midlands. The best Birmingham food podcast. Oh no, we can't say that. There's another food podcast in the Midlands now. We're better. I don't know, she hasn't started yet. She's pretty good. Then we're better. She hasn't started. <laughs> can't say something's better if there's no episodes. Either way, yeah, so this is us. We are your co-hosts, Carl and Liam. I'm Liam. I'm Carl. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. Have you been looking that up? Have you been thinking, I'm going to say it. Yeah, the Olympics has been on all week. Oh, of course. Yeah. Olympics. How have I not noticed that? It's all I've watched. Good to have you back, man. Uh, I did not like doing the intro on my own last last week. I know, man. I had the old, the old COVID. How are you feeling? All right now. I've lost my sense of smell and taste for a bit which was going because I was supposed to go to Chills for my birthday so I had to cancel that and I was absolutely wounded don't get me wrong I know people have died from this but you, when you take into account that our only hobby is eating food it, it's pretty horrible to get lose your taste yeah I hate it <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong there's worse things that could have happened but at the time I was properly gutted yeah I'd be still devastated especially since that right? was the only enjoyment I had left I was ill at least I could still taste stuff like yeah. cooped up in a fucking bedroom just watching Netflix on a laptop because we've got to isolate in the house anyway at least I could still taste and then I lost taste and I just lost all hope then but this, in, in reality I was bad for like three days and then my smell came back after about a week so it's still not fully back, but it's back enough for me to enjoy eating again. You managed to get out the Saturday after you come out of isolation? Ten days, yeah, I did the ten days and I was yeah. out for my birthday. I just didn't get a chills because there's no point in me spending the amount of money it is on fine dining if I'm not at my best. Yeah. So the cracking day out, still went a couple of meals. You went for a few bars and stuff as well, Norton's. Everyone's going Norton's at the minute, man. Yeah, I was at Norton's for the... I only went for the Six Nations. Blah, blah, Six Nations. The British Lions, the sorry. Lions, yeah. That was great. Like, that was the only good game. Yeah, so at least you could still get out on that Saturday, man. It's yeah, good. I got to go to OPM. Got to go to Norton's. Yeah, The British Lions, good. that was good. I went to Laggy's that same day, I think. Yeah, cinema, cinema at Five Ways, and I, walk, I purposely went to that cinema so I could walk over to Laggy's and have lunch there. Yeah, I'm thinking of doing something similar on Thursday. It's good, man. Octopus, get the octopus. It's brilliant. Is that under in the day? Yeah, that like I, I was there in the day, so but it was the Saturday, so maybe I'm not sure. To be honest, I'll check. Check it's open actually. I'm sure. It is, because it's open yeah. for breakfast most days when I drive past in the morning. Oh, no, I've so. just seen a post saying that they're going on holiday or something. All oh, right, no, I'll check it. But either way, you can get to Laggy's. In my opinion, the best Italian in Birmingham. Yeah, I went to uh, Chancellor's last week, you know. 
in Stetsley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicken that. waffles, man. Unbelievable. See, I'm, 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 like, I'm not too keen on the sweet stuff. I think chicken and waffles, I think I could deal with that because it's really salty. So the amount of sweetness, I think it would offset it. What about the chantilly cream and the maple syrup? Maple fudge. <laughs> I'd give it a go. <laughs> like, it's not like pineapple. It comes separate, so you or, can pour it on yourself. Yeah, I'd, I'd dip it, I think. And then, obviously, this weekend, in my opinion, one of the best restaurants in Birmingham. Yeah, you went back to Simpsons, didn't you? Went back to Simpsons for lunch. Regulars now. Seems to be, yeah. Yeah. To be honest, if I could afford it, I would be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) If I had the money, I'd be there once a month. Oh, I love it. Love it, man. So good. So nice. Told you that artichoke dish. Because you banged it up so much. But my expectations were quite high, and then... Oh, so good. Told you, everyone needs to eat this fucking artichoke dish, man. It's yeah, so insane. Nice. And then the um, the raw scallop dish, that was amazing. And the, the desserts were just probably the best desserts I've had at a fine dining restaurant. Yeah. Sometimes they can be a bit disappointing, but unbelievable. Cool. Really good. Peach Malbra. Malba. Malba. Yeah. Malba. Peach Malba. Yeah. Really good. Really, really good. Just the whole experience was nice. Something about Simpsons, isn't it? It's, it's an institution. It's proper special, and they make you feel really special while you're there as and the, well. The building's stunning as well, isn't it? Yeah, just, just, it, it's a 10 out of 10, like 100%. There's nothing like you. If someone said, what would you change about Simpsons? What, anything at all? I couldn't give you anything to alter. Yeah, no, I agree. It's brilliant. And obviously, Leo was there on Saturday, and... Made a massive fuss of us, so that was quite a nice touch. Yeah, yeah I bet. It was quality to meet him doing this episode, wasn't it? Like, well, yeah. we met him before we met when we'd done the loop. Yeah, before, and then we yeah, met him yeah. a few times. Just a really big personality. It's nice him, to sit down and have a chat with him and really get into what he's about. Yeah, so we never actually said, but this episode is with obviously yeah. <laughs> Leo Katu, the head chef of Simpsons. Um, some people might know him from MasterChef a few years ago, got all the way to the semi final. 2017 or something like that. Yeah, good experience. Yeah, it was it was quite funny hearing his take on it. Yeah, we've had a few from MasterChef on now, uh, three or four or something, and every, each time they give us something a little bit different, like a nice little gem burly, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a good story there, so definitely worth listening to that. And uh, yeah, it's it's just one of I think it's one of them places. Everyone in Birmingham should try at least once. That's why I brought my sister there. She'd never been before. Yeah. She might not necessarily say she's into that kind of food, but I thought she'll she'll love that whole experience. Like even if she's not into fine dining, well, she said she wasn't, but then she ate everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's I one of them places. The people that are like, nah, fine dining's not for me. I think if you took them to Simpsons, Michelin starred for over twenty years. Like you know, it's it's a phenom. You've got to try that. Everyone's got to go there and try that. Please, so if you didn't like it, I think there'd be something wrong with you. Yeah, so this is an episode I'm just really excited to release and get out there for everyone to hear. Yeah, I think there's just loads to take away from it. Just a really insightful, talented chef at the top of his game. Nice that he started off as an apprentice and worked his way up to head chef as well. It's a nice You know, touch. I meant to ask him as well. Because it is unusual to hear of a chef joining one place and then still been there that yeah. many years later. Because yeah, yeah. so many people we hear that, yeah, I joined here, then I moved to here, then I moved to 
here, then I went to here. And then... Like every, even young people in yeah. their early 20s, they seem to have worked at about three or four different places. And they tend to just stay for a year at the most, don't they, like? But yeah. it's been there all time, so that's really nice. Obviously, this is our last episode for a little while. We're going to have a couple of weeks break. I'm going to Ireland, finally. Two years I've been waiting to do this. <laughs> Two years, sweet <laughs> man. I know, can't wait. Beyond excited, like so. Yeah, we're just gonna have a, a little break. I don't want to take my laptop and everything over and have to edit stuff. Uh, so we're not going away. We'll be back in September. Some more awesome guests. We've got loads lined up. Like. Oh yeah, we can be annoying people for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, if you like us, don't forget to subscribe and rate us on that iTunes and. Spotify really helps get the word out there and tell everyone how great Birmingham is, especially our food. Ladies and gentlemen, Leo Katu. How you doing, mate? Welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. I'm all right. Yeah, good. How are you two? Yeah, good, man. Good. good. Of course, good. we're going to invite you to the show, mate. One of the biggest personalities in the city, I think, in the food industry. <sighs> no, not me. Standing <laughs> behind the stove and hiding away, mate. One of them is not a person in the city. He's got a bad word to say about you. It's yeah. always like, oh yeah, we love Leo. Whenever you come up in a conversation, nah, they're just lying, telling you. <laughs> all me. lies. All, all lies. lies. <laughs> How you keeping there? Good to be back in the flow of things. We're f- amazing. A few weeks back into well, Freedom Day was last week, wasn't it? Big Freedom Day. Yeah. How's that been for you? Uh, well, Freedom Day was just a bit. Well, I was in the kitchen, so it was nothing really. But being back, yeah, sounds brilliant. Um, I guess when did we go back? In April, I think was it April, May when the garden garden menu because we were, were quite fortunate. We got the garden, and yeah, just it's just been brilliant ever since like, yeah, I mean, I'd happily sit in that garden to eat because it's stunning yeah, isn't it? yeah it's amazing yeah, yeah very... last time I was there I, was, I had a couple of cocktails before dinner sorry <laughs> you think I'd be good at this by now I'm not <laughs> it's only been three years though. yeah yeah yeah, yeah sitting in that garden stunning. you cheating. don't realise you're in Edgebass or Birmingham at all a mile yeah. away from the city and you sit there it's, yeah it's amazing especially the weather we've had recently it's incredible yeah but yeah, lockdown was better weather though. <laughs> Imagine that, like the best weather ever was during the time first, we couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. In fairness, it was a bit of a saviour because if we didn't have that, I don't know, we would have been mad. Like. Yeah, I just went mad barbecues. I had barbecues reloaded at night, basically. Pretty much. I was in the garden practising with my golf and having barbecues with the family. I moved back home to see the family. Yeah. I live in my own in Birmingham, so I just yeah, moved back home, spent some time with my mum and dad and my sister. Where's that? Uh, back in Coventry. Ah, right. I'm originally a Coventry boy, but... I don't really like to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Coventry ain't that bad, man. It's getting there. They've got Fargo. Is it? What's in there? What's the... Um... Fargo Village. Yeah, you Fargo know what? Village. It's, like, I don't even... Unless I'm going to see the family, I don't ever really go into Coventry anymore. Like, yeah. I went there today and that was it, really. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's, an, it's it's my home. It's my, it's my city. But yeah, I don't really talk about it. <laughs> I prefer Birmingham. Yeah, <laughs> still say batch, not copper. Yeah, it's all it's 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 still a batch. It's not a cob. It's a batch. Oh yeah, batch, oh, yeah, yeah batch. still a batch. I'm easy going with that shit, you know. Just hey, whatever you want to call it, just put it in a fucking bun, batch, carb. I don't give a fuck. Put them sausages and bacon in it. I'm eating it. Yeah, it's, it's still a batch in here. I'm not going to call it anything else apart from a batch. We always had a weird one. Like if it was crusty, it was a cob, but if it was soft, it was a bath. 
I'm a bat boy as well. Yeah, it was weird. Like... Never batch. Never batch. Always or, a batch. Uh, what did I call it up in Stoke? Uh, bombs. Bomb. 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 Yeah, a bomb for us was like we had uh, like bomb brack, you know, Irish uh, bread with yeah. like currants and stuff in it. Yeah, sweet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's I what found I think. Strange. Batch, I get a lot though. Yeah, batch makes sense. Yeah, so you start off cooking in Coventry. I started in the um, started in the family fish and chip shop actually. Yeah. Uh, I think about ten years old. I um, asked my dad. Funnily enough, when I was in school, my mates all had paper rounds, and um, I just kind of. So I remember saying to my dad, "Dad, it's all right if I can get a paper round," and it just went from there. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, we'll go to sort you out a paper round." Took me to the chip shop. I thought I was starting it like around the, where the chip shop was, and next minute I'm peeling spuds. How naive were you? Ten years old, I suppose. But I was loving life. I was getting paid for it, getting a lot, lot more money than my mates were getting. I was getting all the latest games and whatever, like getting all the like, all the new like, stuff. And I was loving life, yeah. So I started at ten, and then moved on to washing up. And then by the time I was like fourteen, fifteen, probably makes myself like I'm my family doing slave labour here. <laughs> um, Asking for like yeah salt and vinegar, what do we like on your kebab? I suppose, and then it just went from there, and um, hated every minute of it. But I learned the principles. You know, you learn the basics of hospitality. You don't realise it. I know it's only a fish and chip shop, but it is hospitality. Have your family still got this? Uh, yeah, still got it. Still going. Yeah, What's it called? Give a shout out. <laughs> Marina Fish Bar in Coventry, and you yeah. got Sea Land in Le- uh, Leamington's Bar. Oh yeah, there nice. You, go. you got you got the couple there. Let's see. So. Did your dad start working early? Is it something yeah. he always had in his in him like? He, no, he, he left school at thirteen. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess back then in the seventies, it was always a thing to do. You pissed around, and, just, and again, my granddad just said to him, "Right in the chip shop at 13 and he started mm. working at thirteen in the chip shop, and then yeah, worked himself. So he's, he's a grafter. Both both my mum and dad both grafters in the chip shop. It's not an easy job. It's not an easy life. Everyone thinks, oh, it's a fish and chip shop and everything, but it's not easy. It's um, it's a tough and labouring job. You know? I don't, I don't know if anyone says it is, to be honest. Yeah. It looks pretty tough to me. Like, I won't fancy it. Hot oil all the time. and Just everything about it. Yeah. And the, the hours coming well. in after the pubs oh, and shit pub, like yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. I've seen a few as well when I was younger. Yeah, I bet. When you're going to Shirley K, like on a night out, Shirley Kebab House. Yeah. It's like world famous. <laughs> Luckily, it's down the road from both our houses now. But I always used to get a beeline to there, whatever. I was going back from a night out, and you should see how there's some people in there talking to the people. You're like, you absolute scumbag. Oh, no, my old dear. She's only like five foot one. <laughs> but you don't ever mess with a five foot one Greek woman. Fiery, <laughs> I'm telling you that. She's She looks all cute and innocent, but you piss her off. She's going for you. Yeah. She doesn't, nothing holds her back. Even I'm like, all right, mum, chill out. I'm staying out of it. Yeah. You weren't tempted to stay in the chip shop game then? No. <laughs> No, it was. Um, I just love food. I mean, everyone. I just loved it. I just yeah. love food, and then very lucky again. Down to my parents, actually. Um, my dad knows Andreas, who owns Simpsons. Good friends of hers, and um, Andreas helped me get into like. Obviously, it, my dad and Andreas got me through the front door. Simpsons came knocking on the back door, gave me that opportunity, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. What year was that, Leah? Two thousand and nine, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Oh, yeah. yeah, right now. So yes, yeah, that was it. Yeah, just came through the back door almost. Just my dad just helped me get there, and then I had to keep my head down and crack on. Really. Did you just go to college or anything? Or? Yeah, I went to college, but yeah. oh, well, I say I went to college. Just pissed around for three years, <laughs> yeah. um, which is not a good thing. Obviously, I regret not finishing it now. I suppose, and I've got like, we've had a couple of lads in the kitchen, and 
they I'm in an R and oh, do I finish college or whatever and just say to me, yeah, just get that qualification, get it done because I regret not having it. And it was literally over one stupid assignment, literally one assignment. And I've just pissed around, didn't want to hang it, like hand it in. It was obviously 17 at the time, so I was busy down Broad Street getting pissed at 17 or in the <laughs> kitchen at Simpsons. Um, <clears throat> yeah, sorry, mum, if you're going to listen to this, you probably just heard me say that. I don't, I don't think my parents realised I didn't actually finish college. Um, and yeah, so it's just... Uh, what do you regret? Like, it hasn't held you back? No, it hasn't held me back, but I suppose it's... I had that... I got. I was, I'm very... I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not lucky. I'm very lucky. My my parents and Andreas like supported me, got me into got me into college. Andreas like being a governor, got me onto the I think the diploma course. Um, it was handed to me on a plate, and I just I used it. But I shouldn't have used it the way I did. You know what I mean? I just yeah. Got, and it's um, that's what I regret because I didn't. I got. I mean, people used to, UCB back then was like, you didn't get in. It wasn't like a, it wasn't an easy college to get into, especially the diploma course. It was had to be the best of the best at that age, I suppose. And I got in there I just got given it and I I was a cheeky little shit when I was in the first year cheeky little shit in the second year but I learned a lot more respect in a way but then yeah the third year I just kind of I still went to, attended I suppose and just you turn 17 and you look about 19 at the time and you just go down Broad Street and that was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah was it about were you working a few days a week at Simpsons at the yeah, same I used time to, yeah so the first year of college I did a month work experience at Simpsons um, and then from there, Luke offered me a part-time job and like the weekend. So I spent nine months, I think it was, every Sunday for nine months downstairs at Simpsons, literally just prepping like mirepoix and just doing stocks, cleaning, you name it, just the, the basics jobs. And I spent nine months down there. The lads all used to sing um, Lionel Richie. He's like a Sunday morning. He used to sing like, he only works on a Sunday morning. That was it. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, that was it for nine months. And then just had the opportunity to go up and do service one day. And I guess... Did you enjoy it there, like from the beginning? Yeah, just yeah. like... I know I was... You had to prep onions or whatever. It, it like made, makes you who you are today, I suppose. I spent a lot of time down there. <laughs> just literally cleaning and doing all the like all the like the like jobs that no one likes to do, I suppose. But In fairness, from the chip shop, it's probably fairly similar. Like, you know, doing the prep for the chip. Yeah, exactly. Peeling the spuds. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same procedure. Um, mm. And I guess from there, then it kind of obviously went up and got offered, got a little opportunity up in the service and uh, never looked back since, I suppose. Were there any other skills you would say kind of transferred from the chip shop days to Simpsons? Anything else you learned or anything? Respect. That was yeah. the main one. The main one was the actual respect for, I know it's a piece of fish in the chip shop. Like, I know it's not the same, but it's a piece of fish in the chip shop too bringing it in and to working at Simpsons, respecting that produce, what you got. And that was the main, the main kind of thing, what I learned the most. And even, I suppose, um, the attitude towards cooking, because I know, again, it's a chip shop and then bringing it into the kitchen is still the same, same mentality. This is just a similar, similar vibe. We've got off a lot of people that said, even if it was making a sandwich for someone at a young age, yeah. they just cared about it been good and it been right. Even just the simplest thing someone could just make for anybody. Well, Luke said he said he made someone make a cup of tea and a biscuit for uh, one a, of the interviews. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. We were um, just to show you. We were like, having a little chat the night before. I can't remember who it was now, but we were having a little chat the night before. And um, it was a pastry, I think, at the time. And he just said, "So he just said, I'm just going to get him to make me a cup of tea and a biscuit." And it's as simple as it sounds, but he made him a cup of tea and a biscuit, and it worked. Um, it was a good biscuit. 
I don't think he made the cup of tea. I think he just made the biscuits. Um, people are going to think that. Fucking, I'm looking to Simpsons. They make, make us make biscuits <laughs> and cups of tea for them. No, I, did, um, I think he just made like a good little selection of biscuits and petty fours at the time. And that's, that's just the, the basics of cookery, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, that basic respect for ingredients is something that really doesn't get taught. Like, it's something people either have or they just don't, don't know. Yeah, you yeah. see a lot of places... Um, I'm not going to say where or who and whatever, but you do see there's just no respect for what mm. they do. It's just kind of open it up, bang it on a plate and send it out. There's no no respect for it. And it's not yeah. good. It's not good at all. Obviously, not, not nowhere near on the same level, but it, once I worked at uh, Weatherspoons and we had steak night and it, I used to drive me mad because some people would be standing like a mile away and just launching the steaks onto the grill and you're like, Come on, man. I know it's a fiver. I know this steak costs somebody a fiver with a free drink, but still. After I know this for is it. shit, man. Just do it nicely, like, you know what I mean? Just place, season it properly, get it placed on. Like, have some pride in yourself. Yeah. Fair enough, the food's not the best food. It's not the best ingredients, but you chucking that steak says more about you than the uh, quality of the food, like, you know what I mean? Well, it's, um, there's that, I should put it up the other day on my Instagram. Um, Andreas said a quote in the Simpsons cookbook, in the second cookbook. I'll read it out for you. And I'll put it up on my thing. He says, uh, a good piece of steak, a good beef, piece of beef, sorry, takes 18 months to rear, four weeks to hang, and 10 minutes to fuck up if you don't cook it correctly. Mm, that's, that's a massive, true, oh, yeah. I, I think it's a brilliant quote, that is, yeah. It's very true, isn't it? And there you go, you said it. People stood there like a mile away from the grill, just flinging just on. It's not good. It, launching it. It's not even that. Like, that was a living thing at some point. Yeah, yeah. Died yeah. for someone to fucking eat it. At least you could do his fucking treats. Even it's just a piece of meat treated with a little bit of fucking respect. Yeah, 100%. Massive. Fuck me. I feel like that quote could be like in one of our houses. You know, like people have that love life uh, yeah, yeah, laugh yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> that's what we're in my uh, In my living room. <laughs> We'll have the steak quote instead. <laughs> in my living room, I've actually got, I remember reading it like when I was, I think six, I, it was the first time I ever actually walked through, through the doors at Simpsons. And I was abs, I was 16, absolutely like shit to myself. Um, you are, you know, I'm going to be at that age, I suppose. And I remember just kind of like, you don't know what to do. I sat in the lounge. I remember the wine list being there and it was um, this quote and it said, in victory, you deserve champagne. In defeat, you need it. And I just never <laughs> forgot it. It was yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it worked actually quite well in the when England lost to uh, Italy, I suppose. It worked in them favours as well. But I'll always remember that quote. I've got it up like, uh, there was a shop in Birmingham, now it's closed down. But I used to make out of playing cards. like And then, yeah, I've got it all done up and it's in my living room. I just remembered it and it's just there. Just, I like the quote. I like it. It's a good good little thing to have. Do you know how many people have got in there? Because like, I used to work in internet. I've worked for Sky and I've gone into people's houses pretty much for the last 10 years or something like that. The amount of people with the sign in their toilets, if you sprinkle when you tinkle, beer sweet and wipe the seat. I swear it's in every fucking person <laughs> over 40s house on their downstairs, Lou. Every fucking person. I've got 11 more years to get one of them then. <laughs> no, it's mental. It's just fucking dry. Every time I see it, I just go, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> shit, Jack. Yeah, shit, Jack. What did you think walking into Simpsons as 16? Were you aware of its kind of stature at that age? Or? Yes uh, and no. Because, because I remember actually like Simpsons when it was in Kenilworth, my dad used to eat there, and um, yeah, I just remember I knew I knew of Simpsons. I didn't really know a lot about it at the time, but obviously when I'm going there, knew my work experience was. I remember getting the book out and reading through it and whatever, and doing a bit of research on it. And it was only till actually 
went there and walked through the door, it was like, just gobsmacked, I suppose, like, wow, like, I'm about to do this, like, I'm about to like, start my actual career properly in a Michelin star restaurant. And yeah, it was just, I was just so nervous, I mean, 16 years old to walk into an environment like that. It's, it's, it's not an easy environment to walk into, but it's such a fun environment though as well. That's the, yeah. that's the main thing. It's, it is a fun place to be. Was Luke the same then as he is now? Man, you can't ask him. That's a loaded question. <laughs> that is like, <laughs> he's a lot calmer from what he used to be. Put it that way. But no, it's um, Luke's always been calm. He's always been. Yeah, like, he he's, strikes me as the type of guy. He's right? always been. Yeah, he's always been. He was just so nice I, and cool. I, honestly, I can count on like one hand how many times he's like ever. I say lost it, but you know what I mean, that's it. Yeah, he's he's, he's always he's so calm. Uh, he's gonna hate me for saying this, but he always wins the Call as a Cucumber Award at the at the Christmas time. We have yeah, these wooden yeah. spoon awards. Always wins it. Yeah, always wins that Call as Cucumber. Must have some eye for talent, him and Andreas. The amount of people that have come through the Simpsons kitchen—it's absolutely <laughs> amazing. Insane. Yeah. Like, I'm lucky enough to have worked with obviously loads of them over the last uh, eleven years. Um, obviously, like Matt Chill, Adam Bennett, Nathan Eats. Uh, Christian Curtis, he was like sound. He was proper good. He was one of the best chefs I actually worked with. Um, Jack Alibone, and the list just goes on. Stuart Daly, um, literally just goes on. Yeah, mm. very lucky. Birmingham food scene really is a family tree, isn't it? Of Simpsons and Simpsons is the tree, and then every, every everything. Testament to Andreas and Luke for that. Yeah, massive. They created the food scene in Birmingham, like, and it's yeah. it's flourished like in the last kind of five years or so. Massively, the roots were kind of laid down 20 years ago well i remember simpsons. when i first started simpsons it was only like michelin star wars it was only turners pernows and simpsons that was it mm. there was the only three um and nothing else close like no exactly I mean, obviously i know brad and holly were open and it was just in the kitchen it was just brad and pete i remember eating there when i like years ago and it was just them two grafting now they've got a star mm. actor with ophime I mean, it's massive like i mean, the crossing kind of with how the pub it's massive with so many foods and in places around. pushing as well, you know, like folium. Yeah, yeah. folium was good. Carbon kitchen. Folium was brilliant massive when I went. Folium. Yeah, massive. Yeah, Carbon kitchen as well is another good I've not one. been. I need yeah. to go. Yeah, really yeah, I need to go. Is a good the problem we've got is every time, because we all close on the same time, don't we? That's it. Who are you supposed yeah. to eat? You've all cl- opened close yeah. on a Monday. Well, hopefully that like, the meat shack will listen to this and he will start opening up on Sunday nights. Paul, if you listen to it, you know where we are. I feel like... It seems like you get enough burgers delivered to you anyway from meat shack. It's we have to go. Good. Yes, no, that's not. I mean, God, that's that's <laughs> nice. It's stinky. Yeah, Dutch piggy. I know. Day. Yeah, man, I love meat. Meat. OPM as well. Got him. Yeah, I would be blessed. Michelin star and burger joints and oh, curry houses. Well the minute, Them three that, things. Pizzas yeah. as well. Missing. I love Otto's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otto's is brilliant. Laggies, Lee yeah, baked in bricks. Yeah, we like, we've got some like brilliant foods here. Some stuff. Just no one opens on a Monday, Tuesday. Nah. Polly does. I think Polly opens. Is it? It's in King's, King's, King's Eve, Eve, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Polly opens. That's pretty good. Sure? Yeah, definitely. I've been there. Oh, no, hang on. What we need is a oh, good no, sandwich shop. I'm a big, I love sandwiches. I'm sure. Polly's a sandwich shop. Yeah. I love Gup Shop. Gup Shop's Gup shop. good. I like Gup Shop. I do, yeah. I'm surprised. Medicine. Medicine. Yeah, that was decent. I didn't realise there was two. And I sat the one in... um. I sat in the one in Mailbox waiting for that the guys to come and I'm sitting there I'm looking at the menu I'm like there's no Reuben sandwiches here and I've kind of like well hopefully none of them listen to this but I've just kind of like gone there and I've like blagged it I'm like 
uh, I believe you got another medicine. They're like, yeah, new stress. Oh, the guys are all waiting there. I didn't know there was a different menu. <laughs> I just wanted to go for the Reuben because honestly, if you, if you know me, I love sandwiches. Mm. I could eat a sandwich for breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner. Yeah, I'm a big sandwich. Right? Yeah. Yeah, there's one thing probably I lack in a proper sandwich. I mean, there are good sandwiches. Like, like Anderson and Hill, they do cracking yeah. sandwiches. Yeah, and... I think it's so bad. Like, can I... eat as well. Just actually. Yeah, yeah, I Bryce, forget I about there's it's... loads of sandwich yeah. plates actually. Bryce and James. <laughs> Bryce and James. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet. No, the breakfast looked mm. great there. They're good. So I had a can eat during the lockdown. I don't. I've never been to Grace and James. That's the thing. Oh, it's bad because oh, you want to go and see these places and support them, but you just you. Well, your day off. Oh, normally on a day off, you see them on a golf course. I'm on a Monday and a Tuesday, especially through the summer. That's all I'll do on yeah. Monday, Tuesday, golf, and then golf Wednesday to Sunday. And it's bad, but you need to. Go, I do need to go and like see I these see, guys. Like, when are you supposed? Like we have this conversation with all the chefs. We name all these places. Like, when am I gonna go? Yeah. You just can't go to I feel like you should all start like a massive WhatsApp group and then take it in turns every yeah. week to host. We said, we said this we, on a Sunday, what we said, me and we were talking about this in the kitchen of the week. We need like the meat shack to open up on one Sunday and then the OPM open on another Sunday <laughs> and everyone just takes it in turns on a Sunday night just to open up. I said, I reckon if you did it, the industry would get along and just go to it. Yeah. Like every two weeks, someone opens up and different on a Sunday night. Yeah, you'd yeah. smash it. I think we'll get together and just decide who's opening this week. Yeah, yeah, because I know you got to care about the staff's welfare and stuff and giving the time off. But if it's only once, like every six weeks or something, you know what I mean? Because yeah. everyone takes it in turns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just say, chef some of the restaurants. That's it. Right, anyone from Hospitality, just book in. I mean, if it's seven till nine just do it i mean I, I think they're absolutely smash it and hopefully any of these boys will listen to it and actually get along with it because I, I know most of my team would be up for it and mm. i can imagine everyone else around the city will be up for it that'd be exciting as well because you're like oh who are we going tonight oh we've got cars are in folding people are in these yeah. are in this is in you're like i get to cook for all these people. well otto's, i was there i was there last night otto's and gary was there and he said to me oh we've had like industry night about per now like coming in today and you're here now and stuff there Oh, yeah, Otto's is good. Mm. Yeah, Otto's is solid. Really it's good. Like, you can be inspired by stuff as well. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous because it's a pizza and you're like Michelin star, legendary Simpsons, but you could, oh, that combination goes, wow, I didn't think of putting them two ingredients together. Maybe I'll try this dish, you I, know. If, if Gary, if he, ever, if he listens to this as well, he's going to tell me off because he knows I always go for the number six. <laughs> always. I'm like, I sit in my spot. I have my number six and that's what I'm happy with. Because yeah. I remember in the podcast with Luke, Luke said that, they were working away for ages down at the old Simpsons down Kenilworth. And then the thing that really pushed them along is they used to save their tips or something. And then once a Martin month, J Club. yeah, would, would go and eat somewhere else. And then they started eating at some Michelin star places and thinking, well, hold on, we, we're not far off this yeah, level. Yeah. So we could all just push to this next bit and we'll get a Michelin star. And that's what happened. He, yeah, just... he accredited that to his Michelin star, like, you know. Yeah, I didn't. It's weird, isn't it? Because... Yeah, do you do need to go and eat out more, but sometimes you just kind of you do your job and you're kind of like oh, I just can't be bothered sometimes. And but you do, yeah. I've said it to myself recently. Next year I'm going to go out and eat, and I've got I've done a few been Trinity in London in Clapham. No, oh, fantastic! Yeah, best steak tartare I've ever eaten. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. I love it. I can go back just to eat a whole bowl of that. It's amazing. <laughs> But yeah, just from any places to go. Yeah, London, we're quite lucky that like London's only what an hour and a half away on the train. You can do it in a day. Yeah, yeah I'm about going down to see Back to the Future and eating at Cool. Yeah, and I'm on about coming back the same day. Yeah, it's doable. It's not doable getting a table at Cool though. No, that's the... <laughs> <laughs> you have I mean, to go back to the that's future. Ne- this time next year, that is. Yeah, Core Core looks Core's different. We know a few people that have been. They've said it's insane. Yeah, it's... like by a mile the best place to it. 
different level. Different level. I'm still saying Favican. Uh, not Favican, sorry. Um, oh, they're right. Um, Sweden. Oh, I know who you're talking Why about. Because you went with all the, you went with like Adam Bateman. Adam and, Bateman, yeah. yeah and, um, Paul Foster and yeah. all them lads. Where was it? What's he called? Oh, okay. And the lift. He said he was Franzen, on like, the lift. sorry. Franzen, Franzen. Franzen, that was it. Yeah, the, I, I think the it was lift highway. changed cut, uh, lights and stuff and the music changed. Highway and... to Hell, I think it was. Yeah. Like, you're in the lift and it was quite dark and mm. as you got up, it was playing Highway to Hell and then you just entered this magical culinary experience. It was like phenomenal. Even he the toilets. He said toilets. that was the best restaurant he's ever Yeah, Adam was Adam and that was the best place. 100%. Yeah, well. and I, yeah, I'm lucky i've had the, the fat duck as well and that was an amazing but yeah franzen was just insane like insane from the second you get there to the second you leave you're like it's just yeah it's incredible and there's stuff like as a chef i shouldn't really admit to this but there's a lot of stuff i don't actually like to eat <laughs> and there's one of them which was there which was the sea bream dish with uh, a sea urchin and champagne sauce and um a pumpkin puree i think it was yeah pumpkin puree Sea urchins and pumpkin are like a big no-no for me. Cannot yeah. stand them, hate them. <laughs> and obviously you're sitting there in a three-star, you know, like, I can't say no to this, can I? You've got to just kind of sit there and just shut up and eat it, ain't you? And it's one of the best courses I've ever eaten. Yeah, yeah like incredible, like genuinely incredible. But yeah, like, if you ever get, anyone gets an opportunity to go to Franzen, go, because you will love it, literally love it. I feel that's a common feature of tasting menus in general. I've a few times looked at the menu, singled out a dish and thought, Man, I don't, I don't like carrot. I'm not a massive fan of cauliflower. I'm not really going to like this dish. And then it turns out to be my favourite dish. Yeah, it's like, weird, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Maybe you just uh, rate it so low in your head that when it comes and it's not terrible, you're like, yes, e- Either I've just good. been cooking pumpkin the wrong way for all these years. Or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you try it and like, man, how's he managed to make this taste good? I oh, guess, uh, uh, yeah, God knows. That's why these boys are who they are, because they are just different level. Yeah. Different level. I don't know how you mix the urchin taste any different other than just it tasting yeah. like sea urchin. I guess it's the champagne, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be some. Champagne, yeah. I don't mind sea urchin now. I'm all right with you. Nah, it's not a thing. You're a lobster, yeah. No, no. Oh, it's, it's yeah, no, lobsters. I'm a, oh, me and lobsters aren't very good oh, with each other. You're yeah. not? No. no way. That's good. Just... I bet you learned the hard way doing that. <laughs> like yeah, yoga. <laughs> full, on, full on fit in the kitchen at the time. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's quite a fun experience. And then I went and ate a prawn at Christmas Day thinking it was just lobster. Christmas day at two o'clock in the morning, I'm having another fit at home with the family. Shit. Yeah. So I've learnt my lesson there. Don't so eat a prawn. Don't eat it. Gone. I still eat it. Don't get me wrong. It's funny. I mean, it's like, like to live life on the edge, I suppose. <laughs> I'm not going to give up food like that, am I? Just What's happened to Leo? Oh, he's just been it. Is, it, is that the he's, lobster again? He's just having a five <laughs> minute lie right, down. He'll be all right in about 10 minutes. It'll be fine. <laughs> Cancel the ambulance. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, he'll be all right. Luke was telling us a lot. Like, his passion for training young chefs really shone through in the, in our podcast. How was he when you started? Did he take you under the wing? like? Or? Uh, slightly different, actually. Um, when I first started, I actually had Matt Chill, who was the sous chef at the mm. time. Uh, Matt took me under his wing quite a lot. Um, yeah. And then... Because that's how a brigade works in the kitchen, because a lot of people like us probably wouldn't know, isn't Your sous kind of runs, handles like the hands-on, and then the head chef's more of a general. Yeah, because like, obviously Simpsons was big at the time when he had Luke. He's got Luke as your like, executive director, mm. and you've got Adam Bennett as your head chef, and Matt Chill, you ain't going to get three, like, yeah. better chefs in yeah. the kitchen you know what I mean that's, yeah, that's yeah, a lethal a combination up. that is um, phenomenal you know what I mean as a young chef working with them three in the kitchen it was like yeah you just stood back and watched it it was like 
brilliant it was. And um, and then obviously the, the team around him as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, as a, I suppose when I was 16, getting into the kitchen, Matt took me under his wing quite a lot. Um, and I, yeah, it was more Matt at the time. And then obviously you grow up and um, Luke starts to guide you. It's just, it, it's a bit of a weird one at the time. I was quite, well, I was, Matt was quite young at the time as well. Matt was like early, like late 20s, early 30s. Um, so Matt, yeah, Matt took me under his wing, I suppose. I used to have a, like a bit more of a relationship with Matt. I'm not saying I never had a relationship with Chef at all. I mean, it was not like that at all, but you build a connection, don't you, with someone, I suppose. And that's how it kind of went. And then as I developed, my relationship grew with Luke as well. Uh, same with Adam, grew and grew. And then... Um, just kind of worked out like that, I suppose. Yeah, just never, and then turned out as Luke's. Now I'm Luke's right man. Did any of them try and poach you? Take you with them? All the big names that you had are meant to own, open their own restaurants. Uh, difficult, really, because me and Matt had a little chat once, um, and then it was just kind of. Well, it was like don't get me wrong, go, yeah, it was. It was never. I mean, it was never a bad thing that I didn't go to Matt or anything like that. I never. Never thought about going to the cross when Adam opened there because the cross had its own team at the time. Mm. Um, but it just felt right. I had an opportunity, you know, when you just had a gut feeling. Like yeah. Matt was when Matt left Simpsons in 2015, um, he ha- almost had his team set up before he even opened up. And for me, it was an opportunity to go actually progress here at Simpsons. So I took the opportunity at Simpsons to progress. And uh, Nathan came in as well in 2015. I learned quite a lot from Nathan. Uh, big respect for him at the time. And yeah, so it's kind of it just yeah you know I guess your you, your your channel just kind of tells you where to go I suppose and yeah the opportunity just came for me to progress and kind of become like sous chef senior sous at Simpsons. I suppose if you're already happy at Simpsons, why would you jump like you know? Yeah, exactly. And it was um, I guess if you're not challenging yourself every day, then you get bored at your job. But with Simpsons, Simpsons a beast. It's an animal. Yeah. Uh, every day is a different day. It's um. Every day is fun. It is a fun place to work, don't get me wrong. And it has its moments. It's stressful. But any kitchen, any job's stressful, I suppose. Mm, a police officer does the same. Yeah, they have a lot of stress from an accountant. Every job, I mean, I'm only cooking food. I'm not saving someone's life. Mm. Yeah. So you can make it as stressful as you like. But yeah, it's, 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 it's not stressful. I don't think it's stressful because you have fun with it. You're working with the best produce. You know, I'm very lucky. Andreas literally gives me, Andreas and Luke give me the back into put stuff on the menu which i mean we're lucky to have i mean the best fillets or the best bit of meat the best bit of fish from best vegetables you can get your hands on very lucky to have that so why wouldn't you be happy when it comes in, in the morning you see these beautiful like fish and meat coming in there and all the vegetables coming in well i don't see why you wouldn't be happy would you no well, we've both been lucky enough to eat there a couple of times now and it's it seems it's, there's something really really special about the place that's that's because of Luke and Andreas, and it, well, obviously the team as well. John Luke, the general manager, but the core is them too, isn't it? You mm. can't knock that from them too. They've it, if it kind of oozes from them. You can feel it. You can feel their vibe. You know when you go into Simpsons, you know you're going into like Luke Tipping and Andreas is kind of home, hospitality at home. You feel that the second you walk in. Yeah, and laid back, but you know everyone's absolutely on point. Every single person knows exactly what Look, they're doing. Look, you don't see what I'm like in the kitchen. I'm <laughs> That's it. You can see into your kitchen, can't you? Yeah, yeah. you can see a lot you of things right into the in kitchen. There. Yeah. You have yeah. to be careful, I suppose, sometimes. 
would you say it's Andreas and Luke that attracts the talent, or is it the whole kind of just the kind of myth of the Simpsons? Like, I think know, it's the, the it's the, obviously the magic definitely them too, but it's the magic of Simpsons. Definitely, yeah. it's been how long they had the star. They've had the star since two thousand. Mm. Uh, twenty two years, twenty one years. Sorry, twenty one years. Yeah. Yeah. To have a Michelin star for twenty one years, year in year out, to com- to retain it every year, it's that's what that's a massive achievement in themselves. And to be able to do that, I think that's what brings people to Simpsons. Yeah, we are one of the oldest around. We've been mm-hmm. going since 90, 93, 94. So to be even a business to be going that long, a restaurant that long, that's like hands down to them, fair play to them. They're like massive achievement, that is massive. Mm-hmm. I respect that. Like, It's a shame because you do see a lot of restaurants come and go like here and there, which is obviously you never want to see any restaurant fail or no. go under. But to see Simpsons still going from 1993, that's like a credit to them. Yeah, massive. So obviously you're head chef now. Yep. How does that pressure kind of feel on you to maintain that stuff? Is does it come with pressure or is it you don't guess, seem like a man is? Yeah, I guess because you've worked there for so long, it's just naturally you it's drilled into you. You don't mm-hmm. you only have one you only have one standard, and that's I'm well, so let's say one day I leave when I do leave whenever whether it happens, I only know one standard now. So whether I go back to a fish and chip shop, I only know one level of cooking. So that's the way we think about it. And it's, I don't let the the head chef thing kind of it doesn't get to my head or anything like that. It's it's uh, just you know, just go in and just crack on, really, don't you? That's it. Just I think I'm a laid back kind of guy, so I don't yeah. really. It doesn't really it just kind of goes over my head, I suppose. Yeah. Did it do the opposite? Did it inspire you? Like especially you look back at the history of all the head chefs that have come before. Yeah. Many years, and you thought, wow. Was, I must be all right at this job. I've, got, I've managed to work my up to head chef at one of the best restaurants. Well, I rang city. three people straight away as soon as like Luke kind of told me. I was like, "You're like a kid, ain't you?" It's what every chef dreams to Did be. Did he do anything special to tell you or anything? No, he just told me that like yeah. he, he, he just come in. Honest, this is how it happens. He just um, him and he'd just been away for a few days. Him and the general manager. He come back. He just came into the kitchen and he just he just stood there, looked around, and then he just kind of. Went upstairs, had a chat with Andreas, and come back downstairs and goes, just promoted you to the head chef. I was like, <laughs> okay, thank you. Like, that was what it was. Literally, there was nothing. Yeah, it, nothing really changed because I was kind of doing the role with like the senior suit title. You get all these like, titles, but I was just kind of doing the role anyway. Mm. My job is there to support Luke and the team as much as I can, get the job done, and that's what it was. So there was no change in kind yeah. of that kind of responsibility. And then, I'd, yeah, I remember ringing up my parents straight away because, I mean, the head chef of a Michelin star restaurant now, it's kind of like, I was, I was buzzing. I mean, my mum cried a little bit. Yeah, I mean, head chef of a Michelin star restaurant, but then head chef of Simpsons. Like, that's a different base, man. That, like, someone says that. It's, <laughs> it's got, like the Michelin star It's got restaurant. a prestige, hasn't it? Like, before. I don't, it, I, I don't like to think of it because <laughs> when you say it like that, it makes me more nervous. It makes, <laughs> me, sorry, man. It makes me scared. That does. Um, yeah, well, yeah, it does, but I just kind of just embrace it, don't you? And just enjoy it, and it's just all about the food and the service, and just relaxed. And you can see that. I think you can see that in the food what we do at Simpsons. Um, and lucky again, Luke's he's going to kill me for this, but he's fifty five, fifty six this year, and a huge amount of respect for him because he still graphs. He's not like he's not an office. He, he hates the word office. He's not one of them. He's literally in his whites in the kitchen and. He'll graph with us. 
if I say to him, like, so, oh, chef, like, we're in the shit tomorrow, like, it'll, it'll be in for nine o'clock there and there. You know what I mean? Putting the, the other day, he was putting the orders away with me, like, inspecting everything, putting the orders away. Mm-hmm. Who, what director, chef director has to do that? You know what I mean? Doesn't, yeah. you know, especially not like his age, whatever, I suppose. I'm making him sound really old now. <laughs> no, he's going to kill me for this. Yeah, uh, but no, you, you know what I mean? You, what director does that? I don't think I know any, like, oh, I don't know, but I suppose I don't see their kitchens, but. I like to think I don't think many chef directors would do that. And he comes in and he's he, he cracks me up because he's he, we're off and he'll be texting me, sending me Instagram videos and WhatsApping me, and we ping, ping ideas back and forth. Uh, we run the golf course, we play golf uh, Mondays or Tuesdays, and again we're just pinging ideas. We have a laugh and a joke. We look at other people. We take inspiration from a lot of chefs, and that's how I guess how we evolve. Um, but he, he doesn't stop on a fair play to him. He never, he hates it when he gets in his car in the afternoon and he's driving home because I'll get a phone call when he gets home. <laughs> I've got an idea. You know I mean? but it's, <laughs> that's how he works. And that's why Simpsons is Simpsons because of the way he, he's, he's always on it. And fair play to him, like he gets up in the morning and he's texting me, I've got an idea, pings, and he's just pinging. Hey, that's what Simpsons is about and it's fun. And that's why I guess we are where we are because he doesn't stop fair play to him. You know? Constantly evolving. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say constantly involving, yeah. I mean, it changed so much, like, in, I think it was four years between the two times I went. Oh, yeah, because you came, you said, in the old style, wasn't it? Yeah. Before the refurb. I think I just came just after the refurb, okay. like, one of the first weeks, and then, obviously, after the Luke episode, and the menu was completely different, man, like, and I feel like it gone up another level, and uh, I know that even Luke said he felt like the current menu is probably the best that they've done it yeah it's just um because after the refurb i suppose because everyone knows simpsons as this high class fine dining and luke will always say he hates the word fine dining it's mm. just about coming to having it's a it's fine food in a fine environment that's what he would kind yeah. of say and simpsons obviously it was always a kind of like a dinner suit tie or whatever it was and having that transformation from that kind of old school simpsons to then go into this big kind of wooden oak and dining room it was a big huge transition and a lot of customers who were coming at the time and like when it first reopened oh this is not simpsons blah 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 i want the old Simpsons. where's the tablecloths and stuff like that and then uh, the way i thought about it you got luke who's and andreas who are from the older generation i'm going to say that not anything else uh you got them two who are from the older generation i suppose and if they've adapted from old school and moved it to the new way of cooking and restaurants then fair play to them. I mean, if they've adapted, then sure, everyone else can adapt. And when you probably came, obviously, after the refurb, it was teething issues, or like mm. anything, because you're just kind of, you're opening up and you're trying to find your way. And well, It wasn't bad by any no, means, like, you know, just saying, but this time was like next level, like unbelievable. I said even from when we ate to that time after we did the losing too, mm. I ate there a couple of months after that. Yeah, and it felt like it got up even again, especially the artichokes are... And I didn't stop talking about this artichoke salad with April. Yeah, <laughs> the truffle salad. Yeah, because that was—it's probably the nicest thing I've ever eaten. Still on the menu, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. It's so fantastic. I think it's our signature. We were trying to agree to it. I think we think it's our signature dish now. Yeah. As soon as I tried one of them things, I started yumming, and I never yum when I was <laughs> eating. I was like, oh my god, Ron, this is the one. This is. They applied to Andreas and Luke though, because you know they they were probably packed every week as it was. They didn't have to make them changes. No, they they could have just stayed as was. You could have just stayed as the old Star Simpsons, but I don't think would be where would we be as we are now if we didn't do that change. 
I mean, if that makes sense, would we yeah, yeah, yeah. would we be as busy and still as yes, we I think we would be as such, but not to where we are to this today. I mean, do you feel like restaurants like Noma and stuff had kind of changed the way it was? Because once Noma came along, the whole kind of old French thing was out the window, and it was 100%. all the modern, Scandinavian cooking yeah. that made a massive influence to the British yeah. cuisine. I think is hundred percent. Yeah, a lot of them, a lot of people taking inspiration from that. The Scandinavian, the Nordic, sorry. Yeah. Scandinavian Nordic style cuisine. A lot of people take influences from that. But the whole style as well, like it wasn't as stuffy. There was chefs going out. To take yeah. food. Imagine yeah. like years ago, you going out and sitting in Simpsons and chefs coming out to bring food to you. Like, what are you doing? Mm. Now it's uh, now it's it's good actually because you do see that with customers. I guess they when they're sitting there, they talk to the waiter. They can ask the waiter the questions, but they don't actually feel that interaction. But like, mm. I've had it loads of times. I'll go out and the customer like oh. Hi, how are you? And then they were like, oh, yeah, good things. And then they'll ask you questions. Like, you stood there about five minutes. I'm like, uh, I've got to crack on. You've got to eat your food because your, <laughs> your steak's gone cold <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But they just ask you questions because they think, like, I guess it's because of that interaction of the chefs coming out to come and see you, like, to serve your food. They can ask you questions about the food, the menu, etc. And then it kind of breaks down that whole barrier, kind of. Yeah. Of well, it's, it's a lot more interactive and it's yeah. not as hoity, I don't like hoity-toity as a word, but. If I know I've got to put a shirt and shoes on and all this shit to go to a restaurant, I'll just run fucking go. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. I am not dressing up to go and eat food, especially when I'm the fucker paying <laughs> yeah, loads yeah. of fucking money for it. I should be able to wear what I want when I go to the restaurant. Well, I remember it's about feeling comfortable. We went to uh, we went out one mm. night somewhere. I can't remember where we went. It must have been shit though, and uh, they wouldn't let you in because you had trainers on. <laughs> I know. Well, he, 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 this is what he said to the bouncer. He said. Uh, Hang on well, a minute. There was a bouncer at the front door of a restaurant. It was, uh, no, no, it, it, oh, was a, it was a bar. bar it was just a bar, bar. Some shit bar. I don't know where it was. But yeah, his Carl actually said, oh, well, I went to Michelin start Adams last week in these fucking trainers, but they're not good enough for your <laughs> shitty pub. <laughs> and then walked away. Just, I, I was like, cannot oh. strand dress code. <laughs> wind up something wrong. Yeah, but this it's, is the night, like, puts you at ease. Yeah, but my, and my, my mate texted me. It's a nice place. When did he text me? Sunday, I think it was. And he said to me, um, he's, he's coming to eat next week. And he said, oh, we're out to wear shorts. I said, yeah, of course you are. I mean, it's, it's, it's about feeling comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. I mean, you don't go in and track your bottoms. No, of course you dress not. up a little bit, but yeah. I mean, shirt, shirt and tie for dinner is just... Years ago, you got to keep a suit jacket on. Like, yeah, this, well, we were talking about that again, like yeah. the Ritz, a place like that. Don't get me wrong, it's, that's the way they work and that's the way they operate. I can't knock that. You just Traditions. Traditions, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Traditions, yeah, and that's yeah. how they are. And fair play to them, but I guess if I wanted to take my jacket off and someone said to me, can you kind of put that back on, please? I'd be like, oh, not really. I want to kind of enjoy my evening. Yeah, and yeah. I went to a restaurant in New York when we were in New York, and they they said like at the beginning you have to keep your jacket on. Like, okay, it's red hot in there. It's man. roasting. How about some air conditioning then, mate? Like you know what I mean? <laughs> Ridiculous. No, I can't Just stand all that, that shit. Nah. Like, yeah, no. Traditions are traditions, but sometimes. You have to move with the times. Yeah, it's not only that, but you like you could go and buy a fucking suit from Tesco or Sainsbury's, like for like forty quid. quid. But then somebody comes in and like, uh, I'm not really into trainers, so I'll butcher this. But you know, like two hundred pound, like Jordans or something. You know what I mean? I know which one I'd rather have. Jordans all day. (laughs) Forty pound suit, please. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's the first time I've wore trousers. I'm obviously I wear. You see, if you know me, you'll see me. I'm always in shorts for the whole year, like the snow. I'm always in shorts. 
today I put trousers on outside of work and I feel absolutely horrible for it. It's horrible. Yeah, it's nasty, I feel uncomfortable now. You know what I mean, and I'm wearing trousers outside of work. We genuinely had a snowball fight and you were wearing shorts in December. Yeah, shorts and t-shirt. I'm happy with that. I might wear a little jacket, that's it. Yeah. I hate trousers, hate them. Hate them I hate, hate shirts. I hate having to wear a shirt. I'm in the wrong size for a shirt. <laughs> I'm not, not built for shirts. Yeah, and I, do, I don't do ties. I have to leave the top button undone and the, the like tie down a little it bit. It is quite nice though up. when you do have to dress up for an occasion. It is nice to be able to. I think it. putting like a short sleeve shirt on is dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I've put an effort on now. I've had to do more than two buttons yeah. up. <laughs> How would you describe your style of food? Um, very clean very not none of this pissing around with any of it kind of just clean well presented tasty food that is the key word tasty yeah if it's not tasty it's no good then i suppose and you can throw as many foams and fucking shit at the plate as you like if you don't taste good then what's the fucking point what is the point yeah at what point in simpsons did you get to have an input on the menu it looks very open actually with that is is um even if you're a commie, whatever, apprentice, if you've got some good idea, Luke will listen to you. And that's how it works. And that's why Simpsons is what it is. Because what we would do to it is if people forget Simpsons is an animal. We do some big numbers there. The one thing we have to be make sure we do is consistency. So when you come on a Tuesday lunch on a Saturday night, we've got to be the same. So some people are like, yeah, I've had, I've had many of ideas when I've sat there and gone, right. The question is, can you do that for a like, 30, 40 cover lunch service? can you do that same thing for a 60 70 cover dinner service yes fine no no good we have to go back to the drawing board and that's where the whole idea the lads will come in and like i don't know i've got an idea for this rhubarb sorbet i don't know let's say for that for example luke's open to it yeah, he's very much open to it so what kind of sadist decided to make a souffle a signature dish Pardon? What kind of sadist decided to make a souffle your signature dish? I don't know. We just do souffles really well. That's <laughs> no, that must be so yeah, hard to do, like for so set, nice. like that many covers or something. Uh, I guess so. It is yeah. Well, yeah. just gotta have good pastry chefs or good chefs, I suppose. Yeah. Um, again, it's just it's just good, um, good education, training them well, and making sure they know what to do and the whole procedure's done correctly. And yeah, I actually I, the first ever time I went to Simpsons, I remember it was a toffee souffle and a banana and lime ice cream. Oh. Fucking incredible it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I remember the. That's actually this is why I love Simpsons as well because when I first ever sat there, if I can, if you can remember your food, you know you've had you've had a good experience. Mm. You'll always and you'll always remember the shit shit meals as well because you think oh, I ain't going back there again because I had this problem. Yeah. And you never remember the in between. You remember the good and the bad. Mm. And I still remember I had scallop ravioli with like um, caviar cream sauce, um, duck liver with this is like what it used to be an Simpsons like dish, duck liver with um, like gingerbread, banana, um, like amazing it was that, and then lamb with green beans, feta, and olive. That was like incredible, and then the toffee souffle and banana and ice cream. You just like in heaven, absolute heaven. I can still taste it now. That's oh, what, yeah. and that's what basically said to me. Oh, I'm going to work here. I want to work here. And because of that flavour bomb, everything was tasty. Everything was like just super, super tasty. Yeah. To give people an idea, because I've only asked a few chefs this question, I've always forgot. Oh, God, here we go. You're a head chef. Could you give people an idea of your typical... I know each day is going to be different, but what time do you get in? What are you doing for the whole day? And what time are you actually leaving? Because people don't seem to appreciate the amount of work that chefs actually have to go through. We'll aim to get in for anywhere between 8.30 and 9.00. 
first thing to do is orders. That's the first part of the day. Orders, well, you, sorry, you get changed, get ready. Uh, orders are the first part initially. Checking the orders off, make sure everything's coming in right, getting them adjusted, getting them in the fridge, getting them all stored away. And then it's a matter of, um, obviously everyone knows what section, because we've got a rotor, everyone knows what section they're doing. Um, but it depends, like let's say for example me, sometimes I might be actually cooking like the meat and fish. So I'll just crack on in the morning, crack on with the meat and fish. Obviously I've still got other bits and bobs to like make sure everyone else is setting up. But if I'm just on the sauce or if I'm just on, it's a matter of like making sure I just, like, the other day, like my week consisted of all last week was um, I didn't actually have a section. I just kind of jumped on with the guys, like you give me that job, I'll do that job, I'll do that job, just crack on making sure everyone's set up. Uh, you get ready for, let's say 11.30, have staff food, get ready for service, 12 o'clock, service comes, do your service, three hours, I suppose, about two and a half, three hours worth of service, clean down, always a big deep clean, like every twice a day, I mean, after lunch, deep, deep clean. Um, sometimes a couple of guys have got a couple of little jobs left to do, try and get them quickly done, and then we can send them on a break. Try, it, it, it all depends on how busy you are, sometimes you get an hour break, two hour break, not even up to two and a half, uh, back again again about half five six ready for dinner service seven o'clock comes everyone's ready for dinner crack on with dinner service clean down and then we'll have a team doing the cleaning down a team in the fridge doing orders prep lists um getting everything ready if there's any any functions going on the following day or any private parties we need to know about anything we need to order anything etc and then yeah hopefully we you like i try we try and game to get out anywhere between 11 and like midnight I mean, uh, Saturday night's always about midnight, I suppose. So you're looking half eight till mid, half eight in the morning till midnight that night. Yeah, but then what we what we try and do anyway at the moment is this. Um, I mean, we're not, no, it's not like slave labour at all. We was trying to make sure. Yeah, uh, people are getting fed. They're getting breaks. Well, they, yeah, but it's, it's, we're doing the old three day on, uh, three day off, four day on kind of. So you're getting three days off a week. Um, we're bringing that into play. We've we've been trying to work it into play. Sometimes it might be. You might get two nights off in the week again. So you might actually only work, like say, Wednesday lunch, mm. Thursday lunch, and then you're back in Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Because we don't open Sunday evenings either. We finish Sunday about six o'clock. So yeah. we're, again, we're quite lucky again. So Andreas is, we're trying to keep to the 48 hour weeks. And it's, yeah, so it's, it's not, people aren't doing this seven days a week. No, like, no, every no, week. no this is just all. a few that's, days of the week. That's like the old days. Even then, it yeah. was never like that anyway. It's, um, yeah, we're trying. Trying to stick to the forty out of fifty weeks kind of thing. Everyone's got to have live their life. You know? yeah, yeah. Was it like that when you started? Was it rough or? Um, yes and no, really. I guess yeah. it was. It wasn't as much of a thing like, or oh, what's going on. Um, what's the word for it? The whole kind of like beasting and. Yeah, it wasn't. Even Simpsons has never been. Never been that. No, it's never been a beastie. Kind of, it's had its yeah. obviously every kitchen has its pressured environment i suppose but simpsons has never been that kind of moment like you've always had um before i did the right luke was doing the right years again you've always had your two days off and the sunday night you always had off um so it's two and a half two and a half weeks off and then which was unusual anyway back then, exactly yeah. that even mm-hmm. 12 years ago yeah no, true, no. yeah it's and um like if you if you like yeah if you had to work the whole day from like nine in the morning to like 11 it was kind of normal kind of thing even then it was like normal I'm not saying like back when in the 70s and 80s and 90s, that was even harder, I suppose. You literally did work 17-hour shifts, 18-hour mm. shifts. Mm. That, that's not, that's not a thing. That's no good. It's not a, that is just like slave labour. That's not a thing. And Luke's and Dre's have never been like that. They've never wanted anyone. Luke always says, get on a break. Because if you don't go on a break, clear your head. 
you're going to come back, you're just going to be like like a slug, I suppose. You're just, you're just kind of constantly going at one pace. If you can get out of the kitchen for an hour or so, go and clear your head, go for a walk, go and uh, sit down, you come back and you actually focus a lot better and you work more methodical. Just, yeah. Luke's always been very um, conscious about everyone's well-being. It's smart though as well. He was ahead of the game smart, on that yeah. one then, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, Absolutely. it's the same as Andreas. Yeah, always been like that. They've never, they've never wanted anyone to work 70 80 90 hours a week never ever yeah not a thing so you're still working long hours but nothing mental um we don't want to talk too much about covid all the time but obviously you've had the best part of 18 months that you haven't been able to work a lot was it weird doing nothing all of a sudden or? no i loved it <laughs> absolutely loved <laughs> it loves working loved doing nothing <laughs> as well man weird, like, yeah no it, just, it was pretty weird don't get me wrong it was um so I spent the first week, when we left Boris, little Boris said, like, closed down the first time. I spent a week in Birmingham on my own just because I thought, obviously, COVID, oh, what is it? You know what I mean? I didn't want to take it. If I had it, go back to my mum and dad's and mm. give it to them. No one really, you didn't really know much about that it, did you? scary shit, yeah. wasn't it? Back then, everyone thought, fuck, am I going to get this and dial? Yeah, exactly fuck? that, yeah. <laughs> Going to like, Morrison's wearing breaking, like, what was it, breaking bad, actually, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. suits and <laughs> stuff. Suit, yeah. yeah, I was putting black bags all over me to try and make sure I wasn't getting anything. <laughs> um, so the first lockdown, I suppose, I spent a week at home and then I moved back to mom and dad, so I just thought, I'm not going to stay in Birmingham on my own. Mm. But you don't know how long it was going to go on for, whatever. Moved back home. Loved it. Oh, it was nice getting my mum, like, like, winding my mum with her every day, doing stupid videos, having a crack, I suppose. Nice to spend time with my mum and dad again. I've got three older sisters and I've got five nephews. So, mm. obviously, I didn't really see it because they, they two got families, but me and my sister were still there. And it was just nice to be able to kind of be, oh, I guess, like a family again because I live in Birmingham, they live there. Um, and then after about three weeks, me and the old man kind of said, oh, let's, let's just open up the chip shop again. So I was like back in the chip shop. I was living life here. Yeah. That's cool. Though. I just start serving, working. asking. Start customers are coming in who obviously haven't seen me for years, and they've been going to the chip shop for obviously like thirty something years, and they were coming in going, "Oh, funny you were here. I wouldn't be asking for fish and chips, or steak and chips, and just like yeah, I mean, having a bit of ban." It was nice. Just cracked on, hopped out in the hopped out in the chip shop. Uh, it kept it kept me busy. Like that's what yeah. kept me going. Yeah. And then before I knew it, Andreas phoned me up saying, uh, "Do you want to come back to do the takeaways?" So. Then, I was doing the Simpsons at home. Luke Stewart was doing the Stuart Dealey at home, and then we had the Cross at home. Um, and then that kind of merged into back into the restaurant during the summer last year. And then obviously the second lockdown happened in November. And yeah, it just kind of a bit of a so it was a bit of a blur. As soon as I went to the chip shop, it was a bit of a blur. And during the time actually in the chip shop, which was quite a nice thing, um, the guys in Digbeth, I can't remember the names now. Sorry. Um, but they, uh, we teamed up with Cray at six, at six seventy, and uh, we started cooking for the NHS. Yeah. On a Monday, which was quite nice. So I did the Monday slots. I think we did about four, maybe five. I think it was. Um, I took a couple of my guys from Simpsons. We met up there, doing I think five hundred meals. I think it was. Um, dividing it between two hospitals. So that was quite a nice thing to do. Yeah, um, and then my uncle, who owns like a pie, but pie factory, he kind of. He sponsored some pies, so we ended up doing like my dad sponsored them, like the, the potatoes from the chip shop. We did pie and mash. It was quite, it was a good thing. It was kind of a nice thing. You're doing something back to the community, which was good. So especially like me being kind of local around here now, nice thing to do for the QE and stuff, and for the and the Heartlands. Um, but yeah, so that happens, and then back into the industry, back into the restaurant, busy summer period, and then um, November happened again, and then again, I, I kind of 
I shouldn't say this again, but it was nice. December, obviously, you wanted to work because you're missing, you're missing your job. But during the second lockdown, I actually spent like a lot of time with my family again and embraced seeing my nephews a lot more because I think by then my sister moved pretty much back home and it was just spending time with my family, spending time with my seeing my nephews grow. That was a brilliant thing to do. Mm. So I embraced it differently. And I can imagine there was a lot of people out there who took it the opposite, like struggling and mm. mental health is a massive issue. And I can I feel for them because I would, well, if I wasn't, if, if I didn't have my family or my friends, anyone would be in that same situation. So I was very fortunate. I embraced it and spent the time with my nephews and my family. And it, I, yeah, that was the main thing. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely undoubtedly awful. Like, but also on the flip side, you got to be honest. If you had, if it was, if you had a good time, you had a good time. You know, I did. Like mostly, I was lucky. I was fortunate. I didn't know anyone who was hurt or yeah, exactly or anyone with it. So I got to spend a lot of time with my daughter. You know, so it's just, it's just, it, it was nice. But do you think? Have you had many chefs leave the industry because of it? Like that? I know of a few chefs who have left yeah. the industry, not necessarily at Simpsons itself, but just from the chefs. It must be weird. From the age of like 16, mm. you're working just mad on social hours, and then all of a sudden you get your Christmas off, you've had your birthday off, you've had your wife's birthday and kids' birthdays off, and you, it could be easy to get used to that then. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. And that's... then you think, wow, there's probably other jobs I could do for like the same money where I do get to see all of this. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. I, honestly, I wouldn't know what to do. If I left the industry, I wouldn't know what to do. Professional, I'm a professional golfer, yeah. yeah. Professional yeah. golfer. <laughs> I'm trying to get there. I've said it. I've said to Luke the other day, I was cracking up. I said, once I become pro, I'm going to, you can give up cooking. Or you become my caddy and we'll just travel the world and become I pro. See, what's here? You got a handicap? Uh, I'm actually putting my cards in now. But I've, yeah, I've been playing off single figures the last few weeks. Shit. Uh, I, was, I wanted to be a golfer when I was a kid. Yeah. I was going to say, you've got to be close if you're off the single figure. Yeah, I play off nine at the moment, give or take. But I'm just putting my card through now. Um, so, yeah, that's one of them. But I see you play with Luke quite a lot. Yeah. Don't, I don't want to get you sacked, but who's better? Me. <laughs> he knows it as well. I'm not going to deny that. He's going to... Is he competitive? It seems like he might be quite competitive. Weirdly, no. Like, if we have, if there's like Matt, if, when there's me, Matt, Jill yeah. and Luke, and then, I don't know, like, then it gets a little bit competitive. We have a bit of a crack and a bit of a joke. But when it's me, it's just like, like tomorrow, me and Luke are just going to play. It would just be a laugh. We'd just have a walk around, like talk about a menu, have a laugh, and whatever it is, just talk about food and that's what it's about we just have a laugh but when like it's funny because Matt plays with us and um, yeah it just it gets like yeah, it's not a bit more competitive then. yes and no it's just a bit of a a bit of a laugh just, Matt just takes the piss and Matt's brilliant Matt just like takes the piss out I mean like vice versa and it's just funny um, we just have a crack and that's what it's about oh man I cannot laugh when I'm playing golf <laughs> it's not a fun sport for <laughs> it's one of them things it's rather like good crack and you're having a nice time or it's the worst fucking four hours of the whole week. You're telling me, yeah. Well, oh, when you're trying to break, I keep saying to myself, it's for, Luke always takes the piss because every time we stand there at Kings Norton on the blue, we stand there and I'll take my drive and I'll look at him and go, I'm breaking 80 today. I'm breaking 80. And he's like, yeah, go on then. And then I'll like shoot like, on that 84, 85. And he's just like, you're not going to break 80 today, are you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he always says it. He looks at me like, all right, yeah, go on, mate. Are you naturally competitive? Am I? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, you are. Oh, yes and no. Yeah, I am. I am quite, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I am. Um, I don't know. Look at me to ask a question. You yeah, I am quite. Pardon? Won at Monopoly last week. You nearly flipped the table. Oh, fuck yeah, I nearly went mental. <laughs> Playing Monopoly at our friend's house. 
I nearly flipped the table over here. I forgot about that. You know, I don't know if I've ever finished a game of Monopoly. No, but I don't know what Monopoly was it. It was, <laughs> was that Monopoly Go. Monopoly Go, some fake one? Monopoly. No, I don't even know how you would end a game. I don't know how does a game Monopoly end. God knows, I never even know. Table being flipped. Table being flipped. Yeah, that's flipped, exactly yeah. it. Table Glasses thrown. Yeah, fucking him lying to you. I've got Alex here next to me. And he's lies to you. It's good bluff. That's what it is. It's just poker. It's like a Monopoly poker game. That's what it yeah. is. And when you get caught, when you like get caught out on it, you just nearly flip the table. I did. Yeah. yeah. You've got it. one fucking hotel. How do I keep ending up on no, your hotel? That's exactly what I sounded like. You saying that, and I did. <laughs> but no, overall, yeah, no, I am. I am quite competitive. Yeah, but was it that that made you uh, have a go at MasterChef? Uh, weirdly, actually, I didn't want to do MasterChef. Yeah. No. Yeah, How did it come little, about? Though? So the well, no, I'm not saying I didn't want to do it. That's the wrong thing to say. Um, so we got the email. The restaurant got the email, the reservations. So they they sent it to us and like the the group chat and WhatsApp, whatever it was. And I just me being me, I just went, oh yeah, all right, I'll do it. Like, wink, <laughs> wink. And then like Luke responded back, going, yeah, go on, thumbs up. And then Andreas put a thumbs up, and I was like. Yeah, I ain't doing that. No chance. <laughs> and then next day comes in, like they're like, "Have you applied?" I said, "No." I was only joking. They were like, "No, nah, go. I'm just gonna apply. See what happens. What's the worst? What's gonna happen?" And I'm like, "I get onto the program. That's what's gonna happen." <laughs> and then they were like, "No, nah, just go. Just go and apply." They sit the Luke and they sat. They said, like, "We think you're ready for it. Just go for it. Being a good opportunity. If you get on, you get on. Like amazing." So I went upstairs and did all the applications. Then like six weeks later, I think it was, I got a phone call from them. They were like, yeah, you've passed that. In. But I was like, Chef, I've passed this part. Like, <laughs> and then like the next one happened. I said, Chef, that's fucking, i passed this part. And then it's like, next minute you know, yeah, I'm on the program. I'm like, oh God, here we go. It's, if any chef, anyone who's been on MasterChef, if they say that skills test is like easy peasy, then they're absolutely a load of absolute butt crap. Because yeah. it's the worst thing in the freaking world and that is like honestly you cannot no matter how good you are when you know you're going to go onto national television in a few months time you got millions of people going to watch it i'm i'm born and raised in a fish and chip shop and there was a cod's head in front of me <laughs> i know what to do with a cod's head and i picked up my knife with my left hand i'm right-handed i didn't know what to do i was just panicked and then like when you got like i know it's, it's like it's marcus wearing you know what i mean two star well michelin star chef Greg and Monica, I mean, they're not like small profile people. These big boys, these are. And when they don't give you any kind of, you're just a, like blank canvas faces and you're just there staring at you. And you're like, this is fucking horrible. This is like, <laughs> what am I doing? Also, what you're representing doing? your restaurant as yeah, well. Exactly that, yeah, exactly. Well. <laughs> like you're representing yourself, your restaurant, everyone, your family. Oh, God. Honest to God, like every time you had to stand there in the line and they were like, I'm going out, I'm going out. I'd actually, like, at the time the only people who knew when I was doing it was obviously the guys at work weirdly some of them didn't even know how I was even on it but the guys at work my mum and dad and my sisters and Luke that was Andreas obviously and I'd, every time I'd like cook something I'd ring up chef oh, chef I'm out I'm going to be out I've, I've fucked it here like. <laughs> and he goes no no what I want you to do I'll explain something and he goes no you'll be alright just just get through it you'll be alright just like be positive alright sound like an hour later, fucking, I made it. I'm through like that. Like, <laughs> like we cheer and FaceTime the family. It was, it was. Like, don't run. That was like the the the, the fun part because no one knew what was going on around you, but your family knew. And Luke, and it was just like nice because it was like, I mean, it was fun. But still, yeah, most like most nerve wracking thing I've ever done. And I'm not going to sit here and say you didn't. The people who win that program are the people who 
have the confidence and that ability just to kind of break that wall and smash it. And yeah. that's what I'll, I'll put my hands on. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, yeah, I messed up a few times. I managed to get through and I just didn't have the confidence and that's what it was. And I'm not going to say, I know I'm a good cook and I'm not going to say, you just had a bad day in the kitchen. That's what it was. And I didn't have the confidence in myself to break down that wall. If you do have that confidence, you're going to smash it in that program. Mm-hmm. And that's what, what like, Stuart smashed it. I mean, and everyone else I know um, from the guys who were in my year, they absolutely smashed it because they had that confidence to kind of, I mean, we want this. I kind of, I think if you get past the first round, you've done really well. Yeah. You do really well. There's nothing worse than going out in the first round, though, is it? Imagine no, going out no. the first round. Yeah. Oh, God. It's harsh, though, because we've, we've had someone on it before. We've done the normal MasterChef. And they were telling us about how different it is between the filming and what you see on telly. Yeah, it's the opposite. So, like, you, it's like your food's sitting there for, like, half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah, and the rest sometimes. Yeah. depends on how many are there. And it's like you're sitting there stressing because you oh shit i've made a creamy like mushroom sauce and now it's fucking sitting there going <laughs> fucking mint oh no i remember once <laughs> i did this that luke still like takes the piss and the guys who like know me take the piss still so we had this herb challenge and you just walked into this room and there was like you name the herb there was just there was herbs of whatever you wanted it was there and the whole and there was like uh crabs to pork to beef loads of protein loads of vegetables but herbs was the main challenge so in my head i don't know why i ever did this but i wanted to do lovage because i thought lovage yeah lovely herb (laughs) i'm gonna do it with pork and stuff god knows what combination i was thinking but the panic the nerves got to me and i think we had like an hour and a half to do this thing i honestly spent about like 70 minutes 60 70 (laughs) minutes trying to make this lovage emulsion and i was just panicking 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 and next to me, you know, I've just like fucking thrown everything in the bin. Camera crews are coming on to me. Marcus and Maris, Marcus and Monica have done, my, done the whole like, Leo, so what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm doing this pork and lovage dish. They come back to me like half an hour later. Leo, where are you? Uh, I'm still doing this like lovage. I'm all splitting all these eggs and making this. Oh, it, was, uh, it was like horrendous. And I've just next to me, I threw everything in the bin. Found this crab in the fridge. Like found it. It was like the, the production team put it away. It's like, anyone want this crab? Everyone's like, no, no, cracking on. I just boiled up this crab, turned it into like this herb salad with about 20 ingredients on there. And it, like, <laughs> if you ever go back and listen to it, it's like Leo has made this crab dish with dandelion, cocoa beans, courgettes. <laughs> it just went on and on and on. Luke still takes a piss out of it because, like, do you want to put anything else on there? <laughs> but the main thing was obviously, Marcus turned around and said to, like, said to me, like, like fair play to me because I've, I've messed up, but I've just kind of flipped it around and actually produced and managed to produce a dish and managed to actually create something which was tasty. And he goes, and I still remember what he said because it never got like, put on because it got edited out. But he was like, uh, I feel like I'm sitting in a Greek island eating this beautiful Greek salad and I'm like in heaven right now. And I remember that. I remember going back to work. I was like, oh, fucking chef nailed this. Marcus said this. <laughs> and like, it come out on TV. It's like, that's like brilliant <laughs> made myself look like an absolute cock here but one of them but yeah i never forget that because if I, every time i got lovage on the menu chef's like you're right there mate like, <laughs> you did a really good crap you don't think of it when you're there you just panic <laughs> i couldn't even imagine like that kind of pressure i mean it's just shit you could do in your sleep normally and it's just that pressure puts on you yeah. it's just that's what I'm saying. Out your head, don't you? That's what I'm saying. The people who win or go further in that competition. I mean, I got to semi-final. I'm not going to be. Yeah, you did well. Yeah, I'm buzzing with that. And 
the, the people who go on further to the final is because of confidence, and that's what it is. I think. Was uh, Lou was on that year, wasn't she? Uh, Louisa, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure where she got final four. I think she got final four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah because it was Steve Rag and Bowman. I call him. I love him to bits. He's brilliant. He is. Uh, Craig who won it. Steve, Jamie, and Matt. Uh, yeah, I think Louisa. Yeah, final four, final five. Yeah. Any uh, plans to do any more TV or anything? No, no chance. No. I've got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you I've wouldn't got... do Great British Menu. I'd give it a go if, if the opportunity came up. Yeah, I'd definitely give it a I'm go. I'm going to lie, that's my favourite one at the moment. It's Great that's British that's menu. like, yeah. don't get me wrong, MasterChef's brilliant and whatever, but when you look at the calibre of chefs on that, that's a different level. That is, that's yeah, it's insane, different. isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, you say step up, and but then, I don't know, it's, it's just a different ball game whatsoever because you've got some serious like ability in that kitchen there and it's... The chat is, I guess it's the challenge they give you, isn't it? Whatever yeah. the. Also, you got the brief, yes. Yeah, the brief. Yeah. That's what it is, and it's just a different, different ball game altogether. But I guess if the opportunity came up, I'd definitely listen to it. I'd take it into consideration. I'd love to give it a go. Yeah, it's hundred um, percent. But I just, I'd rather just stay. I'd rather just like cook at Simpsons and just play my <laughs> golf on a Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, the Midlands heat's always one of the toughest as well. I feel like Midlands produced like, yeah. some of the best. It Best does, brand. but then there's never no, that ne- many Birmingham. There's never, yeah. Restaurant who, people. Who was on it? That, there's, you've had Alex was on it. Alex, Alex was on a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Was yeah, it two Alex, years ago. Yeah, yeah. Cray, but he wasn't in Birmingham. Actor. So he did the northeast, didn't he? Yeah. Actor's been on there, yeah. And yeah, Alex. years ago, you had Alex, Actor and Glenn on there. That was like decent. That's what mm-hmm. I mean. You look at when he first started, and you look at the chefs that were on it then, and what they're where they are now, and you Massive think that shows just huge. fucking catapulted people. Really has. But yeah, it's um. No, don't get me wrong. If it came up, hundred percent, I'd give it an opportunity. I definitely wouldn't say no to it. Yeah. I mentioned earlier about the amount of people who've came to Simpsons, become head chef, and then gone to open their own restaurant. Yeah, would that be in your hundred percent? Yeah, future but, plans. Um, I guess it's sandwich shop, sandwich, sandwich, <laughs> sandwich, a lot of fish and chips. Um, no, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I want to open my own place. I'm still young. I'm only twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah, I'm twenty eight. Um. So I'm still quite young, um, but yeah, no, hundred percent. I'd like to do it. Yeah, I know, and I know full well. I'll have Luke and Andrea's support, and many of the chefs who are around who have supported me along the way. Again, they would support me in guiding me to the right direction. It's not easy. It's financially, it's a big, big, big step, and you're putting your own name on your own door now, and it's um, it's not an easy choice to kind of go. Right, I'm gonna go and open a my own restaurant tomorrow. Mm. You don't just do that. It's time and it's a lot of, it's a lot of commitment, a big commitment. Like let's let's say for example, I could hand in my notice tomorrow at Simpsons and I can go cook in Dubai and play golf in Dubai all the time. But when you've got your own restaurant, you can't just go. I'm gonna hand in my notice now, can you? It's it's. Yeah, it's your fucking restaurant. It's your restaurant. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. can't just go and do that. Yeah, exactly that. It's a big, big, massive commitment. You're no one to fall back on either as no. well. There's no. It's just you. No one to blame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine also the last eighteen months. Imagine owning a restaurant the last eighteen months. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, it's not. It is, and I respect the guys who, who like do it. I mean, it's mm. massive. I mean, like from the new boys from Cray and stuff like that. Massive. It's, yeah, fucking Cray opened what in the the summer between the two lockdowns. Yeah, yeah like, massive. Cray just looked at it and went, ah, fuck that. I'm still opening my restaurant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Corona can come Our friends too, managed to open up um, a little pop up uh, at the start of January. Pause. Absolutely oh, smashed it. Man. 
Them Cruffins. Yeah, the, the oh, Cinnabuffins. Yeah. Cinnab- that's it, Cinnabuffins. Smashed it. Fair Oreo play to them. They just, like, obviously, I was there helping them again with, like, the food style behind it. And then Alex was helping there with a bit of the other behind. We are all just jumped involved and got involved and helped them. They're my family at the end of the day as well. I support them in everything they do. They've smashed it. Now they're opening up in Bourneville in um, Isherwood, the flower shop in Bourneville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to open there. Fair play to them. And that's just from coffee and cake. So it doesn't matter what you do, whether it's a restaurant, coffee, tea, whatever you're going to do, you've got to have the confidence to be able to do it. It was always busy. I went a couple of times. It was very busy. Yeah. It's, it's good. Like, it just goes to show you put a bit of passion into something. And then that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah. If, you, if you believe in your product and you, you, know, you, treat, you treat your product well, your customers will keep coming back. Exactly. Yeah. That. Rory's obviously mad passionate about coffee. coffee yeah. Farah was a lawyer. Well, she mm. still is, but she was like fully trained solicitor. solicitor. Yeah, and um, she's just like kind of 30, 35, 30, 35 at the time gone, fuck this. I'm going to give that up and just going to absolutely smash it by making these absolutely amazing Cinnabuffins and fair play to mm-hmm. Huge amount of respect for her. Huge amount of respect for both of them. They've now blossomed into their new permanent home and I hope, wish them all the best. And I'll be there, again, I'll be there to support them if they need anything, guidance or whatever it is, if they need anything. We've stood there, didn't we? Like making, I think about six, seven hours making these donuts just to... <laughs> Bitch, I'm sick of donuts, but you do it as a friend, and yeah. it's like you do it. You stand there, you trying to perfect. We must have tried about 15, 16 different varieties of donuts. Uh, don't get me wrong, they're lovely. I, <laughs> I don't feel sorry for you, man. <laughs> it's my dream job. Yeah. Saturday, Saturday making donuts, <laughs> and we made tons of uh, whoopie pies. Whoopie pies, yeah. And it's just it's just like that's about what we're here for. I mean, we're here to support each other. I mean. Um, and I like to think if anyone wants anything from me, they can ring me up and ask me. That's what we're about. I mean, we're only here once. We're only food. That's what it's about. It's not about I'm better than you or he's better than us. It's about you know, I mean, help each other. Help each other. Yeah. We're all here for one reason: to be have bums on seats. Whether it's a Michelin star restaurant or whether it's a, a coffee and cake shop, we just want bums on seats to be successful and to be happy. That's what it's about. None of this. My ego is bigger than your ego. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like Birmingham's quite good at that day. Yeah, massively. Yeah, again, Maybe just recently in the last few couple of years, it's changed. I think a little, it's got better. Well, I guess as well, you, like there's a little um, between like Luke and Glenn as well. So that's, they've got obviously a good, good friendship. Andy mm. Waters, when he obviously wins in Birmingham, it's a good friendship. It comes from these guys as well. These guys are the ones who kind of um, imagine if they stood there slagging each other off. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They ain't gonna do that, are you? you know what I mean, yeah. set the example, haven't they? Exactly, they've set the example mm-hmm. for that, and that's. I mean, credit to them boys. Um, yeah, credit to all of them because they're the guys who set the example. I guess if they, if it wasn't for them, I mean, it would be like London, I suppose. London don't give a shit about each other, I suppose, do they? There's that many places yeah. in there, and that many. If you did give a shit, if there's only so many people you can like. London's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Now it's so big. The list of restaurants I've got to eat at London's just it's. I don't think Ooh. I'll ever get through them. It just gets longer. Longer and the, longer. the one in Birmingham, the list just gets longer. But the London one's ridiculous. I feel like, anyway, from what I think, there's, there seems to be a little bit of respect between people who've worked in hospitality anyway. There's like an understanding. Like I, I always say now, they should bring back um, inscription, but not to the army. Everyone should do like a couple of years in the pub or in a, as a KP or something. like. Because I feel like once you've worked in hospitality, you have... Different empathy for people, like completely different level. You've seen the worst and the best of humanity. I think when you yeah, work in hospitality, humbles you. 
Yeah, definitely. You, you, you make friends and family with these guys. I mean, um, Pete Jackson from Carters, love him to bits, get along with, speak to him all mm. the time. Like, wicked guy. Um, and there's Mrs. as well, Charlotte, who works opposite me at the Highfield, get along with them all, with Angelina. There's so many people in this industry. I mean, you could, you can get that, oh, I work at Simpsons, I work at Carters, but you don't get that. You just don't, because we just, we'll go for mm. a beer or something. It's just, what's a, you don't need to, I mean, I suppose the yeah. size of the city helps as well because yeah. it's an easy city to get around. Mm. The actual city centre, you can walk from one side to the other in probably 20 minutes, half an hour. Not, you don't walk no more, apparently. Everyone boys don't know. Oh, you've got the little scooters I, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. We I, missed a trick. I meant to do it the other day when we walked from Thousand Trades to Wine Freedom. And we got to Wine Freedom and we were like, show them fucking scooters, man. <laughs> I've not been on one. Imagine me in one of them. I'd break my legs or something. <laughs> I would. I'd come flying off, I would. Carl has a few questions he'd yeah. like to ask at the end. Of course. Yeah, I love these questions. Food, heaven, food, Carl's how questions. here we go. That's it, man. It's just people have good insight, you know what I mean? We should get, we'll get bigger and we'll do like a um, ready, Ash. steady cook, like a green bag and a red bag. A little camping stove. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> so come on in. Uh, what's your favourite movie? Uh, Man on Fire, Denzel. Oh, that's a good film. Yeah. A really good one. What's your favourite band or DJ or rapper? Ooh, a mixture. I'm, I'm from. I love like Stevie Wonder to, yeah. um, to anything big. I love Biggie Smalls. I mean, I'm a mixture. I'm such a mixture of music. I have. Yeah, yeah. 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 None of this. Um, uh, the who? None of them people. You know what I mean, I'm not into that kind of music. I've said that on purpose because Luke. Knows. Yeah, <laughs> mad on the who. Yeah, <laughs> the jam. Paul Weller. He knows I'm not a fan of that. I need. I've, yeah, but he knows I'm saying that on purpose now. But yeah, no, I'm into I'm, I'm a mixture of any music. Yeah, mixture of any yeah. music. Which favorite cookbook? Uh, first ever one I got was The French Laundry by Thomas Keller, and um, I'm very lucky I've got that actually signed personally by him from a good friend, Angelina, oh, of uh, Tutor Pusta. She managed to get it signed for me when she went over. Oh, That's nice. the first ever cookbook I ever bought. Yeah, signed by him. My little precious ass. Oh, bet. Uh, which favorite bottle of spirit? Uh. Ooh, tough call. I'm not really a big drinker. No. Um, I'm probably just going to say Famous Grass because my dad loves Famous Grass. But if um, oh, yeah, I don't know really. Not your golf course drink. Oh uh, yeah, but that's not a, that's a fake. That's not that's a mocktail. Um, I yeah, I can't really no, I can't answer. That. I don't really have a. Not big on the old spirits. Uh, I'm not really. Yeah, I couldn't. Um, I'm not a big drinker to say. Yeah. What's your favourite big fast food chain? Oh, Wagamama's. If that's a class as a fast food chain, like you can have that. Chicken katsu curry all day long. Yeah. With pretty much every starter on the menu. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I could just have the starters. Bang bang cauliflower, crispy chili squid all day long. <laughs> uh, what's your favourite takeaway? Um, uh, Johnny's. I'd say that if it's going to be a takeaway, yeah, Johnny's. Not fish and chips. <laughs> If I should have said fish and chips. <laughs> you oh, just man. stitched him up, man. Oh, oh, That's the question. I thought, oh, it's going to be oh, fish and chips. Yeah, fish and, fish and chips from Marina Fish Bar in Coventry. Um, Joking aside, do you still eat fish and chips? Or yeah, I love it. sick of it? Now? No, I love it. No. I, genuinely, I appreciate it more now than I ever did before. All oh, right. Yeah. There's nothing on it. There is probably nothing better, actually, uh, than fresh fish out of the fryer with some chips. Salt and vinegar, mushy peas, and some cockles. I fucking love it. I do. It's oh, brilliant. Nice. Can't nice. beat it. What's your favourite thing you cook at home? Sandwiches. 
mad on him. Love him. Honestly, you don't really know it's my lover sandwich. What's Ham, it? cheese, salad, and a oh, baguette. It's fucking lovely. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of mayonnaise. What's your favourite food destination in the world? Cyprus. Back home. I'm originally from like, my family or Greek Cypriot. Yeah. And this is this is restaurant and I suppose to quick fire this is there's a restaurant it's uh in the Limassol district it's right on the sea from it's um his brother's living my in, brother Limassol. in Limassol oh really yeah okay, so it's, um, it's not just writing down a restaurant that he might it's, never it's in a little, it's in a little, <laughs> little village called Ziggy it's called it's in the Limassol district and it's literally right by the sea from it's the best octopus it's the best calamari I love octopus. salad it's honestly it's incredible and I'd dream about it all the time and I cannot wait to go over because that's the first place either that or my favourite sandwich shop in Cyprus yeah. Yeah. do you know the name of the restaurant I can't I can't think of it at the top of my head I know it's where it's in Seafood yeah but it's yeah just you're sitting there and you've got the ocean literally touching you and it's it's incredible you cannot beat it you something can't... about seafood by the sea I yeah, think it just think, tastes better than yeah. anything by the sea just tastes that much better yeah, I agree with that. My dad lives over pretty much on the sea in Ireland, so when we go there and we go somewhere, there's a really nice restaurant just over the seaside. Anything you get from there is just nicer. <laughs> just better. Yeah, it's mental. We had a place in Skiathos and you're sitting out like over the sea. So you can sort of, through the boards that you're on, you can still see the sea underneath. Yeah, it. it's class. And you're out on it, just, it does make a huge difference. Yeah. It's just like that's why I miss Cyprus so much for that reason because the food, like we've we've diluted it quite a lot over here in via the supermarkets, I suppose. Mm. Whereas over there, it's a small little country. There's not much import and export over there for food-wise. It's what you grow. And now, if you go over there, it's like watermelon, grapes, like the halloumi, fresh in the morning, the fresh bread. It's like. It's amazing. I miss it so much because yeah. Just... My brother says that he says you ain't fucking had halloumi. Yeah, you ain't had halloumi. Says, no, if you've had it in England, you've not had it. No. He says the halloumi he eats because he's veggie anyway. It's insane. Yeah, though. when it like when it gets delivered to your front door and it's still almost warm and you have a slice of it with a bit fresh bit of bread and a tomato for your breakfast. You know what I mean? You can't. You cannot beat it. Yeah, you just different level. Different level of. Uh, just everything like taste wise flavour wise that's why over here we're lucky now because we can get local seasonal produce but when you go to supermarket it's not it's not really, not good I don't think yeah. no you don't have it sat in some kind of stock but they yeah. have like mad freezer refrigerator things that now they keep things fresh for a lot longer yeah why do you need why you know what I mean yeah, I suppose it's the volume of people, isn't it? It's lazy as well, isn't it? That's yeah, it's definitely lazy as well, yeah. Easier no, so to if cook. you've got like seven meals to cook, and you're cooking for one vegetarian, and your wife's this, and your kid doesn't eat this, you're just going to do it online and just order whatever you yeah, can. Yeah, of course. Got, my sister's quite a big grower actually. She's got her own little, well, little, but I think she's added on two more allotments from it. And she grows so much stuff, so much stuff. Stuff that I don't like to eat, like courgettes, but <laughs> pumpkins. <laughs> pumpkins, courgettes, yeah, burnet squash. <laughs> fucking hate them, they're horrible. Plants seem to hate them, man. I can't grow anything. Like, anything I try to grow just dies. Yeah, house we've got house plants that just die. They're getting through the door and they can start getting brown straight away. So <laughs> well, we've got the herb garden at Simpsons and I love it now because I can go out. You can pick all the stuff. I just hate the the actual. Yeah, that's yeah. like Luke loves it. Fair play to me. Like he's got a good eye for that. 
I hate all that. If I have to wait, I just hate it. Like, I don't mind going out to pick a few bits of nasturtiums or sorrels or whatever. He loves it when I say nasturtiums. <laughs> they all take the piss. My favourite thing, apparently. They sell <laughs> nasturtium salads. It's what you have friends who aren't in the industry that just take the piss all the time. Is that all your questions, man? That's it, man. Done. Leo, really appreciate you coming uh, and doing this, man. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Good.